You know, the, the, I've called this uh, Lord Teaches to Pray. We're on part six of this series, and if you haven't been here uh, and hadn't had an opportunity to watch, you can go back through and watch those. So, um, But uh, I developed this, um, this lifestyle of prayer, and, and it came from this, this question uh, that I can ask you. Do you ever wish that you could, you could up your prayer life game, you might say, or, or if we were talking in, you know, you want to up your game a little bit. I don't want to call prayer a game, but you know what I mean. Do you want to up your prayer life? Do you want to increase maybe time that you spend with God? Uh, it, do, you want to, do you want to increase the, the effectiveness of your prayer? Do you want to, you want to in, increase maybe just your uh, connection with this living God? And that's what this is about. You know, Jesus, uh, and you can turn to Matthew chapter 6, and, and we've been using the Lord's Prayer. After every communion uh, that we do the first Sunday of the month, we, we recite the Lord's Prayer and I believe it's important to understand and know the, or, or to know the Lord's Prayer. I think it's a, you know, it's a good thing to do for us in church. But more importantly, I want you to see the uh, example that Jesus is using. I'm not telling you exactly how you have to pray. This is not the only way that you can pray and connect with God. But if you want to deepen your prayer life and begin to develop a closer walk with God, uh, prayer is how we do that. You think about Jesus' life, His example. We're to be like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He would spend all night in prayer sometimes. He would rise up early in the morning and, you know, the disciples get up and they're stretching and yawning and they're looking for what's in breakfast and Jesus has just come back from two hours with the Father or maybe has just come in from praying all night long. You know, you say, well, that's the Son of God. But, you know, I want to know my God more. And I can tell you that I began this prayer a... a uh, a uh, prayer guide similar to this. When um, Sue and I were first married, we were first walking with God. We're trying to, I'm trying to really come back to God, I guess you might say, after kind of kind of leaving God for a period of time in my in my high school years. And just was at a at a time in my life where I knew I needed more of God and I was struggling. And and this helped me to walk through a time spent with God. It, it, it changed everything with me. It, it, quit, it quit being a deal where I ran into and just talked to God and said, hey, God, I, I need help with my marriage. I need help with my finances. I, I need help with uh, figuring out this problem at, at work. I, I need, how, how, do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? Later when we had kids, I was like, oh, God, how do, <laughs> how do I raise these kids? And, you know, that's all good. That's all part of our prayer life. We should go to God with those things. But this developed an, an ability to come into God's presence in such a different way so that it was more about just what He could do for me, but it was me knowing Him like He knew me. Now, obviously, He knows me and us, each individually, from the, the hairs on our head to, to where we're going to be in 10 years or where, when our life's going to end. I mean, He knows us from beginning to end. But we want to know Him more. And that's what this is about. It gives us opportunity. And what I wanted to be able to do was develop a, a, a prayer uh, consistency in my prayer life that would give me a time structure. And so I would set aside, in the beginning, I set aside 30 minutes. And, and I said, you know, man, you think... Does that, let, me, let me ask you a question. For you who have never done it, does, is praying 30 minutes hard to do? Okay, some of you some of you are already got a handle on this, and some of you are afraid to answer because you said no, but you're lying. <laughs> it's not hard to pray if you've developed a relationship with God, but if you set it as a goal, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. 
you're 10 minutes in and you've said everything you can possibly say, almost. I mean, it's like, you know, you've talked about your needs, the missionary in, in Africa, the, you know, you've prayed for your church, you've prayed for everybody on the church's prayer list. And I mean, to be real, it doesn't take long to just talk about our needs. But if we learn, and that's why I talk about prayer, this kind of prayer. Okay, so understand some. I've taught this several, uh, maybe a couple of years back. But there is a different, there are different kinds of prayer. And it's one of the things illustrated here. A lot of times we're coming to God with a petition prayer. We're saying, God, I need this. I have this request. I have a petition. These are the, these are the things that I need. And that's okay. God loves that. He already knows our need. But how do we align our prayers with God's will, God's plan, so that our prayers become more effective? See, if I'm always asking for the wrong thing, is God just going to give me a request or, or just because I ask? When my prayer becomes more effective is when I begin to know God's will or I begin to learn to follow Him. And something I, I, I desired to do was even long before I was in ministry, just as, a, just as a man who wanted to... I couldn't even call myself a man of God when I began this. I just was a God who sought man. Or I mean, a, sorry, a man who sought God. Boy, man, make sure we don't get that little excerpt pulled out. No, I, I, a man who desired to know God. That's, that's, I, that was my goal. I just wanted to know God more. And so it developed in me... A, a, an approach, and when I when I saw a prayer guide similar to this one for the very first time, it was so powerful. So I assume that everybody wants to pray more. I assume that, and I realize that's that's a that's a lofty assumption. But I challenge you, and I and I believe that that if you want to, you can take a, a guide like this as an example, and you'll build a life of prayer. It won't just be uh, God. Here's my petition, or here's my list. It'll be God. How are we doing today, man? I'm so I, I can't wait to meet with God, and so we spend that time. So that's what Jesus was illustrating, and uh, we spent several weeks talking about the names of God. I don't want I, I don't want to go back through all those, but if you haven't heard these, the different names that represented God's characteristics, you know they they needed introduction to God, and so God introduced Himself in in different ways. He gave certain names that represented who he was. When, when God said, I am, it, it meant something. When he said Yahweh or Jehovah, when, when, uh, when he said these different or used these different names, he was bringing out those different characteristics of God. So when Jesus said in verse 9, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy or hallowed be your name was the way the King James says it. Hallowed be your name. Well, they knew what he was talking about. In fact, they had his name was so holy they wouldn't even say it. They said Elohim, or I mean, uh, uh, they said other names as a representation because they wouldn't say the word Yahweh. It was so holy until later we, we established the word Jehovah. Uh, they would say Adonai is the Hebrew word that they would use as a re representative. But it meant the same thing to them. So when Jesus is saying, hallow the name, he's saying exalt the name, lift God up. But here's the thing that I think we can connect with is that when we come to God first with praise, that's what Jesus was saying, come to God to praise in praise. When we come into his presence first with praise, there's, there's something that we set and in, in, in we set our heart in the right position. God, you are 
my Lord and Savior. You are my God. And so that's what we're doing whenever we begin this prayer guide. So we make your first act of worship to, to God for all He is and recognize your relationship with Him as Father. By the way, I want to I want to just say a, a thank you for this guide. But to Whitney, who who I gave her the, the rough out of, of this, and then Lindsay, who is a professional at um, editing and uh, putting stuff together. Whitney is a professional at what she does, but uh, Lindsay and those, so Lindsay Keller and, and Whitney Unruh, now that I've embarrassed Lindsay, she's got her head down and, and she said, you don't need to say anything, but I forgot to do that last week. And I, uh, these two helped me make this, uh, this dream uh, possible. But you notice what it says in, in the B part under that first section of Our Father in Heaven. He says, worship God. I said, worship God for who he is by recognizing the names identified through the supplement. I haven't got the, that written exactly, but I have the notes uh, from the last several weeks with those names on there. But here's what that would look like. I come into God's presence with praise, first of all, and I just begin to honor him for who he is. And so the first part of my time in, with God would just be, Father, I come before you and I just thank you and I praise you. And the first thing that comes to my mind on one day might be different than the next. I thank you for that you saved me. I thank you that you forgave me. I thank you that you're there for me. I thank you that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And as, as I begin to just worship and praise him, I set the tone and the atmosphere for me meeting with God. This changes and transforms everything about your prayer life. You're no longer doing a, a religious act. You're no longer doing your... Your, your structured due diligence, but you're allowing yourself to come into the presence of a holy God who accepts us, and we, we come into His presence, and we begin to worship Him. And, and here's the, what begins to happen. You begin to take on or, or realize what God has done for you, and you begin to connect with Him on a spiritual level. You've got to understand God's a spirit, and He wants to connect with us on a spiritual level. And, and so my spirit man, the Holy Spirit in us, stirs up our spirit, and we just all of a sudden, there's, there begins to be a connection with God like you wouldn't have before or hadn't had before. And here's what I found is that I begin to hear the Holy Spirit lead me through that prayer time, and He guides me into what it is for that day. We'll get to the part here later on. We'll get to it today about our daily bread, but he begins to, it's, it, this, these first three parts are, you can, I, you can identify the differences, but they flow together in such a way through that praise, you begin to exalt God for who he is and you make that connection. And some days it, it, it may just be about his forgiveness, his love for me. Some days it may be about his power and his strength. I, I worship you, Lord God, that you're almighty God. I thank you, Lord. That, that you're more than enough, that, that in you I have everything that I need. That, and and, and what will happen is, is you'll begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to or quicken to you the different scriptures that you can add. And I always have a pen or pencil, uh, a, a, a notepad, something there, something to write on. I try to have something so that as the Holy Spirit sparks something that I can just write that down. Now here's, here's something I was thinking about. Our, our praise and worship set is there to align our hearts together towards God as far as corporately in the church. Praise and worship, that's what it's about. It's not just so we can sing, hear the great singers sing or, or hear the, 
or, or hear the not-so-great singers sing. It, you know, it's, it's not so we're, we're in a competition to see how good we can harmonize. All that stuff's fun. It's all good. But the, the real reason that we worship and praise is not because that's what we do in church. It's because it aligns the congregation. Us, it sets our hearts together towards God in worship. That's what it really was, or that's what it's there for. And so where, where we come to prayer and, and praise, I have had God speak to me in the moments of, of corporate worship, standing in, in, in before God in, a, in, a, in the church many, many times. Some key significant times when, when Sue and I were going through different things, uh, experiences, challenges, good and bad and, and, and otherwise, when we were seeking God, there were times when, when right there in that corporate work, uh, God would speak. But here's what I, I, I suggest to separate singing praise and worship songs in this time of prayer from you just, you being the one to do it. So I had the thought, you know, some people might want to be tempted to, because you, you're not used to hearing your voice pray out loud or say out loud, God, I praise you, I thank you. That, that may be something that you, it's, it's foreign to you, so you want to you turn on praise music. There's nothing wrong with turning on praise music. But here's the problem with turning on a praise song is it directs you the words to say. And that's good and bad. There's times when I need a man, I'm driving down the road and I'm, I just need God to speak. And the right song comes on the radio. Isn't that awesome? Just have it on Christian radio, all of a sudden, man, his song, you know, God of all my days. Oh, I can remember going north on 81. I don't remember what was going on. It's two or three years ago. Man, I don't know what, you know, pastors have, you know, pressure and weight and all that stuff. And I don't remember, but it was like, wow, that's some. You know, another one, you know, all my days you, you've been, you have been faithful. All, I mean, I don't, that may be the same song. I don't know. But there, there just were times when, when, when those praise songs are so powerful. But here's the thing. In my prayer time, in this, with this illustration, I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to allow Him to lead me in that prayer to show me, because here's the thing, God knows exactly what I need in that moment. He also knows what I'm going to need later in the day, or He knows what's coming. And when you become and learn to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His leading, I believe that's one of the key ways that you start to notice that. Because here's the thing, if God prompts you from your spirit and you have this thought, about a scripture that you've heard before, and you write that down, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. If you can do it there, where else can you do it? When that kid's acting up, and, you're, you're, and, and all of a sudden your spirit says, here's, real, here's the real problem. Your flesh wants to jerk a knot in their tail, right? Your, your flesh wants, or your flesh sees it one way. But God knows exactly what that kid needs and why he's doing what he's doing or she's doing what she's doing. He can, so if we can be led, and, and then not only will he show you what's wrong, he can show you how to fix it. But I can't do that if I can't hear God, if I can't follow, if I'm, if I'm not trained to follow God. So that's part of this worship time. This, this struck me this morning. This is part of the value in this. See, if you want to deepen your relationship with God, you've got to spend time with God, right? But this gives us a, a, a roadmap for what to do. And so as the Holy Spirit leads, and as you think of those scriptures, just write those down. Now, here's a, another caution that I'll caution you. If 
you're not careful, if you turn to your Bible and you go to reading it right then, you might be tempted to get lost in the commentary or lost in the cross-reference or lost in other Bible study. I, I know because I've done this. And God may want to, and, and in my time's taken up, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even get down to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or I, I, didn't, get down, I didn't get down to the, to the other parts of it. And so it's not a matter of wanting to having to feel like you've, you've got to accomplish the whole thing, but managing your time is part of that, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll be different, different days. So he says, worship God for who he is and recognize the names and identify those, but also all of mankind has a problem with sin. But God provides that victory over sin and its power. God brings freedom to those who receive him. And the Bible shows us that with a personal relationship with God. That's what's so amazing. God, I thank you. And I praise you that you, you love me enough to come to me. So there's in many different ways. And that, and that, that, will, that, will, that will adapt. In a bit. So you can kind of set your, manage your time a little bit. Say, I'm going to spend first 10 minutes or five minutes, 10 minutes in praise. And you can go on to thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we, we started on this last week and... We, uh, we began to uh, connect with this, um, and I, I threw out a few things, and I, I want to I touch on this just a little bit because the first thing it says there is yourself, and you might think, well, why would I start with me? Because it's important that you have God established in your life first. Generally, you might pray for other people first, or generally you might put others first. I mean, that's, a, that's a biblical principle, right? Put others before yourself. But where, where, where praying God's will and His kingdom come is, is I want to start with me because I can have more control over me than anybody else. And if I'm not right, I may be less effective in praying over, over others. I want to, I want to try to get my, my life right. I want to try to get myself right. And so I, I choose to do that. Now, God's not forcing Himself upon us, but He gives us a key here that if we'll get ourselves aligned with God, how how powerful He can be in our life. I don't know about you, but I want to know what God's will for me is. And there's some things He'll reveal to us quickly. Some things He'll reveal to us beginning to end. Sometimes He just gives us a little bit. All we can see is the next step. You know, the, the, one of the scriptures that, that uh, we can use in declaring God's will and direction for our life is, uh, I think it's Psalms 119, um, uh, in chapter 119, it says, the, the Word of God is, I didn't plan on that, but the Word is a, the, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody might find that verse. I, I know uh, it. 105, yes, that's it. 119, 105. Psalms is, is a great book to get some things. When he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Here's what I'm praying. I'm saying, okay, God, I come before you and I say, Lord God, I want your kingdom to come in my life, and I want the power of God working in me and through me, and I want your will to be done in my life. Well, the Word of God is a lamp in our feet, but you know what a lamp does? You know, a lantern or a lamp or a candle, what does it do? It shines out around, but it only gives you a little ways. You know what? God's not really always going to let us know everything that's going to take place all the way down the line. What he's looking for is a willingness to obey him in the small things, to follow him in the small things, in the, in the, in the little things. He says, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so I begin with my family. Lord, I'll, say, I'll, I'll lay my life down. Now, as we, as we then we can extend that onto your family, lift them up even by name. 
And again, have a, have a pen there. And, and what I do, and, and I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, bring a lot of these scriptures because I didn't want to, I didn't want to turn to those a lot. But you'll start to find that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you or, or, or identify certain scriptures that we ought to stand on and to claim. Uh, now, this is a declaration, a time of petition, but it's also a time to declare, God, this is what I want in my life. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done in my life. I declare that, that it be there. So we begin to take the promises of God, and, and we be very, uh, very um almost a forceful or bold in that declaration. You know, this is what I will do. So we began to see that the, the Romans 12.1, you, you can pull that one up, Romans 12.1, he says that if we will offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, he says, um, offer your bodies a living sacrifice because of all he's done. You know, if we say, God, I, I'm offering myself to you, I'm, I'm saying your will be done. Now, see, they, they knew exactly what it meant to offer a sacrifice, a lamb or a goat or something. You know, they, they understood that. And he's not offer, offering us or wanting us to offer ourselves in death physically, obviously. But he's saying, spiritually speaking, or my life, or what my life is going to do, God, I'm going to give it to you. Now, that's a scary thing. I understand that. But once we understand and know that God's good and He loves us, He's not going to ask us to do anything that, that, that contradicts uh, even our will and desire. One of the scriptures, we're not going to turn there for the sake of time, but one of the scriptures is, is Psalms 37, four, uh, 3, 4, and 5. And he says, uh, he says that um, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to Him, and He'll bring it to pass. So those are scriptures that we can promise God. See, see, uh, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He'll and He'll help you. He'll bring it to pass. You know, when I when I put my trust in God and I yield to Him, my my um, uh, my heart and His heart, my desire and His desire begin to align. And, and here's what I found: when I first gave my life to God, I wanted to ranch. I wanted to be a rancher and a, and a cowboy, and I mean, I wanted to be just like my great-grandpa, grandpa, dad, and continue on the ranch and all that stuff. When God began to call me into ministry, I had to be willing to yield. Now, not everybody's going to have to go into ministry, all right? You're, not, you're probably not going to get called to the mission field, or you're probably not going to get called into, into what we call the five-fold ministry. But you know what? If you are, you'll never be content until you do. And you know you will you will love doing what you do. I have never uh, I never missed and or felt like I was robbed because I didn't get to control and just determine all of my life when I gave my life to God. But here's something that I found, um, and I and I'd, I'd share this with anybody that wanted. But I've, I've, as I as I would go into these prayer times, these seasons, and and I use this especially in in really in-depth times whenever I'm, I'm needing to hear God on, on a big decision. We build it into a daily life, but spend that time. And I would, I would write in my prayer journal. And, and I was looking at it yesterday um, as I was studying and preparing for this. And I, and I pulled out my 19, it was in 1995. I believe it was in like October, I don't know, October or whatever in 1995. Now, I don't write in my prayer journal every day, but during different seasons of life, I would write down what I was praying and asking God for. 
Now, I had been, uh, we had left the ranch in 93, and I'd gone into full-time ministry, and I went to minister, and I, and I wore shoes today uh, instead of my boots. Some of you have never seen me preach. In fact, uh, I, I very seldom ever don't, pre- don't preach in boots. All right, now, but there was a season of my life where I put up the boots. I didn't wear starched jeans. I dressed like a preppy back in the early 90s. I was preppy. I had little loafers with tassels on them, man. You know, see, I don't know, you can see this, 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 little, this little texture. That, that on some black, uh, nice loafers with the little tassels on them, man, those were, those were snazzy. I mean, these weren't cheap ones either. These were good ones, you know. We, I got those at, uh, what was that, Backracks down there, you know, or something. You know, I had me a silk, like, you know, had a nice, nice suit and tie. I wore that every, every Sunday and uh, every service because... The preacher that I, pastor that I was serving, I was the associate and youth pastor, and he said, you can't be a cowboy and be a preacher. Now, to, to, to today, we think that's silly. But in the 1990s, there wasn't cowboy churches. Cowboy churches hadn't been invented, hadn't come up. There might have been one in Arizona or Texas, possibly. There was, there was church, church services at some rodeos, but very few. That was almost a, a, an unheard of thing. It started in around in around 2000, late 90s, a little bit longer, or not very long after that. But it was a foreign concept to see someone dressed like I'm dressed today to be preaching. You had to wear a coat and tie. And so I was willing. So I put all that up. I saved. I still had a pair, a couple pairs of starched jeans in the back, of, you know, in the back of the closet. I still had my rope bag, but I sold my saddle, sold my horses. You know, sold everything to go into ministry and to take care of Sue and I. Well, we went back to school and went to and went into ministry. But here's what I was praying in, in, in this journal entry. I wrote down, I said, God, I told you I'd go anywhere you want me to go, do anything you want me to do. But is there any way? I, I said, I said and, I, and, I, and I, I wrote to I said, God, you know what I am. You know what I'm good at. I was a good herdsman, ranch manager, you know, help, helping that on the ranch. I was good at doctoring sick cattle and catching them. I was good at, at cowboy and rope and all that stuff. And I loved it. But yet I was willing to go and separate. So for three years we did that. But God had begun to shift and change. So I left, I let that out there. I said, God, I'll, I'll, I'm not saying, I'm not complaining. But if there's any way that I can minister as a cowboy, that I can be effective in doing the things that I, I want. Well, see, God then began, sent us to Arkansas, and uh, we were in a church where we still dressed up on Sunday morning in a suit and tie and preached from, uh, on a Wednesday night. If I was whoever's in the pulpit had to wear a tie. That was, that was the rule. But all day in the office, I got, to wear, I got to dress like this, and I was happy. But with my boots, all that. And, well, I preached in. We actually wore our suits, but wore boots. The pastor was actually a team roper and a, and a cowboy, and his son was the drummer, and also, we would go to their house afterwards, we'd rope and all that stuff. So, got to rope again, got, got all that back. Here's my point. When I was in my prayer time, I'm yielded to God, but yet I'm able to communicate. I'm on a fellowship. I'm, I'm being honest with God. And you know what? God brought those things back around in a way so that we could, I would be happy and content. And I could see the best in, in what he provided. So it was a freedom to, to, uh, to uh, honor God or a freedom to trust God. It was a freedom to sense, uh, surrender my life to God. But it took me knowing God enough in that personal 
and prayer time to learn to hear His voice, to trust His leading, and to allow Him to bring it to pass. Now, the, the awesome thing was that, that um, I began to pray that prayer. Lord, this is how I will live. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That I'll walk according to 30, uh, Psalms 37, 3 through uh, 7. Uh, I'll, I'll walk in Romans 12, 1 and 2. That I'll know those things. I'll live those things. And so in my prayer time of declaring that over my life, that's what I begin to do. I begin to submit to Him. Now, the other thing that, that let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, and uh, I, I want us to look at this familiar verse of Scripture. And, it, and, and we need to be careful. Sometimes we say familiar. It's only familiar to the ones that know it. You know, sometimes we don't want to assume that we're just talking to church folks. I hope I'm talking to people who don't know all of the things of the Bible. That means I'm, I'm getting to teach, and that's one of the reasons that we teach like we do is because we are bringing you up who have, are not as familiar. But verse 13, Philippians 4.13, For I can do everything. I can do all things, the King James says, but this says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I love that. This is the uh, amplified translation that he's got up there, and, and I want you to see, see what this, how this adds to this. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who, notice this, infuses inner strength. Whew, that gives me chills. I love that because here's the thing. When I'm in this prayer time, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not just quoting Scripture. I just... Uh, I just take that scripture and I just dwell on it because I'm not in a hurry. Because I said, God, I want your kingdom to come, your will to be done. This is one example of a, of a, of a bold, confident prayer that I would declare. Put that back to the first part of that, please. I, I would just say, Father, I thank you that I have strength for all things because of Christ. Lord, I worship you, I pray. See, I didn't quit praising. I shifted from the first part to the second part of this Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I'm making bold declarations. I'm establishing in my prayer time what God has promised me. So my faith is arising. And all of a, and, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I have a hard time sitting down praying this prayer. Because I get on the inside, I get to, the boldness of God rises up within me. When, when I feel weak or when I feel overwhelmed or I'm not sure I can, I have another ounce of whatever, I go to a scripture like this. You say, you say, man, I've seen this scripture everywhere. I say, hear this scripture all the time, but I hadn't always heard the amplified translation. Sometimes you get a different translation. I have strength for everything in Christ. Who empowers me? Father, I thank you that you empower me. Now, I would also then add in Ephesians 3.16 that He strengthens me with might by His Spirit in my inner man. The Holy Spirit in me is greater, 1 John 4.4. 4. So see, I've got all these scriptures written down, and I've got them memorized, and they start feeding on one another. And my faith arises. Why? Because God promised it to me. And I'm, I'm aligning myself with His, with His will. And all of a sudden, I'm bold. It's, it, whatever's coming up, it is the power of God. He says, 
I'm ready for anything. Father, I thank you that no matter what the devil throws at me today, I'm ready. I thank you, Father, whatever I face at work, I'm ready. I thank you, Lord God, when I don't know what to do, I've got God with me. When somebody treats me bad at work, at school, whenever, whenever I'm thrown into a situation, I'm ready because, God, you're preparing in me. I'm equal to anything. Father, I thank you that through you who infuses inner strength inside me, I am empowered by you. And so you blended three scriptures together that are, that, that are written to uh, let us know that we have what it takes if we trust God. Now, see, that's what I'm talking about, this deepening our relationship with God. This isn't, oh, God, fix this problem. Oh, God, fix that problem. Oh, God, I need this. Okay, see you. This is time spent with God. And here's what you'll start to find. You will build in 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and you'll have to hurry to try to get to the end because you've spent so much time in just worshiping God and praising God in these different areas. It's an amazing thing. So as I began to seek God in those prayer times, spending time with God, writing things down sometimes, but not getting lost in, in the writing of down things, what I began to see was in that prayer journal that I'd written, it was amazing how God would speak and there'd be certain things that he'd say. Certain times that he would speak to me that, that I'd feel like the Holy Spirit saying that and I'd write things down. And you know what I did? I didn't go around publishing those or talking about those. I would just sit on those. And sometimes, you know what was cool is I'd forget about them. And I'd go back and I'd read it maybe a year later, two or three years later. And all of a sudden I realized, you know, God came and he, worked, he showed up in that. He, he worked in that. He fixed that. He brought that. Well, see, then you can, then you can build on things for your family, things for church, and, and fit scriptures, fitting scriptures to all these different things is so key. You know, you, you can take all those different things that I put in that. Also then, uh, look, look at this. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the next one I want to get to. This is another part, another section of this. But it's still a pet petition. You're still coming before God with a desired need. I want your will, your kingdom come, and I want our daily bread. Give us today the, our, our daily bread. Give us today what we need. You know, one of the things that I didn't write it in, in this, um, on this guide, but I began to think about the, the scriptures where God talks about His provision being seen. This is a period of time where, where I believe there's nourishment for your soul, for your, for your mind, will, and emotions. This is a time where we might read Scripture, where, where we where we be led of the Spirit of God to, to, to read Scripture. If you've got a devotion, you might could add that, a devotion you'd like to do in there. And, and then spend time just asking God to reveal what that Word is. How are you providing for me today? I want you to look at, uh, back over there in Matthew, uh, in our little bit of time left here, Matthew chapter 6. I want you to, I want you to look at verse 25. Actually, actually, verse 19. Let's back up to verse 19. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and moths eat it and rust destroys them. In other words, don't, put, don't, don't worry about things. What do moths eat? They might, might eat a lot of things, but uh, you ever have a nice favorite sweater or fa you know, something, uh, something nice and the moths get in? We don't have a whole, whole lot of problem with that anymore, but I remember growing up we'd have something or, or something would... It wasn't a little silverfish or something. I mean, there's little, I don't know, little, little critters that want to come in and eat, eat holes in your clothes. 
Well, back then, they didn't have the things that we have, and, and, and I'm sure that that was an issue. So we, we put too much stock in clothes or that could get eaten up. But he also says, rust destroy. What's all our things? A lot of things are made out of metal. A lot of things are made, they rust. In other words, they'll corrode or, or thieves destroy. Verse 20, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. Whenever your, wherever your treasure is, there's the desire of your heart will also be. You can ask yourself what's most important in your life, and you can probably go to your checkbook or your digital readout, and you can see where all your money goes. I love these, these, these uh, reels about uh, horse people or horse stuff, you know, horses, and they will eat up all your finances. If, if you got more than one or more than two or more than three or four, you get a bunch of them. You know, maybe it's your hobbies. We were talking about hunting. And some of these guys got a gun cabinet full of guns. You might have, you know, buy a brand new pickup with all, you just sold all your guns, you know. Like, but you got them. You know, you see, we, we, we invest in whatever it be. Might be shoes. Some of you, some of y'all might have. I got, I got several pairs of shoes. I probably can't compete with some of you, though. But see, here's the thing. We invest in those things. But he says, where is your treasure? Make sure that it's in the heavenly things. What I, what I see in this, give us today our daily bread, is this is like the bread of life, the Word, but we also know that He provides. He's telling His disciples, verse, look at verse 25. He says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to, to eat or drink or even clothes to wear. Is a life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't, they don't worry about that stuff. Jump to verse 27. He says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Verse 30 says, and, and if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you, why do you have so little faith? Don't, don't worry about these things, verse 31 says. What do we eat? What do we drink? What are we going to wear? These things, now notice this, verse 32 these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your, your, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God. You know, that's what this is. Jesus isn't condemning them for thinking about those things, but He's simply challenging them of where to put your faith to. You still got to take care of your business, right? You got to pay your bills. You got to go to work. You got to do all those things. But... Can we trust God to help us? Can we, or, or do we want to bring Him into that provision? The things that you set your hand to will, will, will pay for your stuff. But don't exclude God's involvement. There's a, there's a whole lot said about money and finances and things in the Bible. It's full of it. And you know what? He doesn't condemn having it. He condemns having it control you. It dictates your life. When you, when you say, God, give us today our daily bread, you're saying, God, I trust you to make, make provision for me. I trust you to provide for all that I need. I had more scriptures to go to, but we're going to wrap this up for today. But I tell you what, I, I just want you to know that God in all his goodness, God in all his wisdom, God in all his strength says that we can come before a holy God and worship him. We can ask that his kingdom come, his will be done. And we can ask for his bread 
for, for our daily bread to be provided for him. And you know what? He's faithful to meet us on every one of those places. When we take and sit back and take some time and we decide that we're going to trust God in these things, there's going to be challenges to anything. Anytime you set your heart to do something, the devil's going to come. He's going to crowd your time. He's going to make something break down. He's going to, he's going to give you thoughts to say, I can't do this or I'm not good enough, whatever it be. But when we, when we get into that presence of God, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to be involved in our, in our fellowship. We begin to meet with God, and all of a sudden our faith begins to rise. God, you're going to make a way. You're going to provide. You're going to supply. You're going to supply wisdom. You're going to supply things financially. You're going to supply strength emotionally and mentally. You're going, to, you're going to provide all those things. What an amazing thought. Let's stand. Let's just, I pray this is helpful to you. And, and bring that prayer guide every week. Tuck it in your Bible. You ought to be bringing your Bible if you're not. Because here's the thing. When, when we are teaching on these things, bringing a notepad and all that stuff is all good. And, uh, and so it gives you an opportunity to write some things down. This is very bare. There's not really any scripture written down on here hardly, but you can write on it, and you can add in those scriptures. You can get you a little notepad that goes out beside it and build your life and prayer life with God. Let's pray together. Father, we just come before you. And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I just praise you that, that God, as, as we are coming into your presence today, Lord, I pray that people who maybe just need to be reminded to strengthen their prayer life or maybe they've never developed a prayer life, that, Lord, with, with this guide, with, with your direction, that we can come into your presence on a daily basis. That, Lord God, as we begin to get up just 30 minutes earlier or, or build in that time, it'll, it'll eventually become an hour at times because we need that much time with you. But, God, whatever it is, if it's 15 minutes, that, Lord, we're going to take that time and come into your presence knowing that you're there ready to meet us. We just praise you. We thank you for it. Lord, if there's anybody who needs prayer, anybody who needs to make Jesus Christ Lord of their life, all they have to do is call upon you. And we're ready to meet with you to make Jesus Lord if you need to. So God, we just praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.